Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. We've got a pretty interesting episode here for you this morning about achieving and hitting your goal, whatever that may be. It, it seems like there's a bunch of different ways to go about calculating how you may be able to hit a certain goal. But if we break it down into just the way that you're thinking about who you need to be to, in order to hit that goal, it can become pretty easy to adopt a mindset that's pretty well aligned with that goal. We talk a lot in this episode about, are you the person or are you being the person who deserves to hit your goal? And the idea of deserving something rather than earning something kind of leaves no doubt. So for example, if you've earned something, you've went out and put in the hours and worked for it and really earned your goal. But if you were the person who deserved that goal the entire time, it's almost like you're reducing the amount of error and you're just being the person who aligns the most with that goal. It's a slightly different way of thinking about it, but I'm really excited to hear what you guys think about this episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Good evening and welcome to another episode of The Weekly Call. We've got myself, Austin, out in Elmer, Quebec. We've got Amher in Etobicoke, Ontario, and John Morgan III in Kelowna, BC. How are we tonight, gentlemen? Doing pretty good, man. Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing, I'm doing great. I had a very great, a very nice weekend. Did a nice MS charity car wash yesterday in Ottawa. Yeah, Went nice really suntan. well. Oh, dude. It's real, like this whole. I guess it's actually gotten a lot better. There's nothing really to show yeah, off that here. Photo was was, was yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I got toasted yesterday. Didn't put any sunscreen on, like an idiot. Mm. And uh, it's all for charity, though. You know, get uh, get a sunburn for charity. So, uh, John, how are you doing? Yeah, doing fantastic. Weather's beautiful out here. The smoke is. We ha- uh, we have fires out in BC every year and uh the smoke is gets to the point where it's like equivalent to living in india and well i should say wow. dubai or not dubai um delhi and uh yeah and, and now the smoke is gone and we get to have a beautiful wait that's normal again yeah like the- uh like usually like once every summer you know depending on how bad the fires are and it could actually get bad again but it gets to the point where like the it looks like you'd like live in mordor yeah I've, I've seen cool. photos of it. It's pretty bad. Sometimes there's it's a few that gnarly. happen in Eastern Canada. Like there's been a few bad ones this summer. We've had a bunch of smog. It's weird, eh? Like you probably have the same thing. Smog. Yeah. It's like, it looks, it's like fog. Ours looks worse than smog sm- though. Ours looks like, like, it look, like uh, the other day, like I thought it was going to, like I was like, oh wow, it's going to rain. I didn't know that was in the forecast. And he's like, no, <laughs> that's just ash. 
whoa that's an ash yeah. cloud yeah there was a wall of ash there was a town actually in bc that just burnt down like just straight up the whole oh town. my god yeah laugh, but what the hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. what just, town just, like, was this dude r.i.p to this it was actually some sort of cruel joke you know that god played on them it was like 49 degrees there for five days straight and then and then right at the end of it the whole town burnt down that's insane do you know what the town is called Lytton, which is like Lytton, bc burn even make this shit up literally i typed in Lytton, and it says Lytton bc burns down that's what it, it like auto filled yeah. that's sad. yeah yeah. Oh, it looks to yeah. rebuild after wildfire destroys town. I feel like you call but it. But expert happening. warns it could happen again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like you don't. Dude. Yeah, that's just terrible. Just takes the cash from their insurance settlement and then just moves elsewhere. Would you guys, um, if there was an opportunity for your business to to do work on those houses, would you would you take would would you do it? Why would that no. be any different? See? What do you mean? See, John says no immediately. You, you said otherwise. That's why I asked. Well, no, the I just didn't understand why that would be like a notable question. Like, just because it's in high because, risk well, of burning the Fort down. McMurray fires, for example, like tons of contractors had to come in to because you have like the entire town being rebuilt, and there's like oh, like oh, previously that's what you meant, Tamara, to like rebuild one painter, oh. and it was Ricky's random painting. Now, if mm-hmm. they need fifty houses built, you know, hundred houses built, they need you know multiple. They need like fifty painting companies, right? They need mm-hmm. a lot of painting companies out there yeah so like during the fort mcmurray fires a lot of people would go up there and like work for general contractors that would be in charge of basically rebuilding it all yeah (laughs) so john you wouldn't do it why not there's easier money made easier yeah fair play and austin would you do it if you got like 12 leads that just flew in because some fire happened in an area I'm, I'm unfamiliar you. with the insurance model way would, of doing yeah, business. I'm very familiar with the insurance model. Oh, you are? It's, okay. It's, it's super fun. I, fun. Sarcastically, because you probably get paid like a year later. If at all. Yeah, uh, exactly. Makes sense. Well, I, I talk every now and then I talk to contractors in Southeast uh, in the U.S., like um, like Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Kentucky and um that are your clients essentially like you're talking to them about every time so, a hurricane comes they just like they they, they, they so hurricane season business where they just drive around all them yeah. yeah yeah like it'll be like hurricane season i talked to this one guy and he was like yeah i had to like move and just live permanently in my lake house which is you know his cottage i'm like oh why is that he's like oh my my main house just got destroyed by the hurricane yeah it's and, totally a thing and as we're talking, I'm like, oh, like, he wanted to see more of the program. So I'm like, yeah, like, do you have a computer or anything like that? Or he's like, nope, that was, I lost the laptop in the hurricane as well. Apparently, and like, and the recourse talk is, about it like it's normal. And the recourse is pretty terrible because you probably, if you're making a claim, I guess it depends on what level of insurance you have, right? If In terms of how fast you get dealt with and all yeah. these things. Yeah, it's just it crazy. It takes so long. Man, that's that's crazy. Like, I guess you asked the question, Ammer, and I didn't want to shut it down as fast as John because I'm like, man, John just totally le- leaving these people out to dry who just had their homes <laughs> burnt to shit. But uh, no, I can see how for contractors it would now be pretty uh, undesirable. You to should work. see the photos. It's not even like they were burnt to shit. Like they were burnt like into non-existence. Like <laughs> all that. What I'm talking like that's like, all that was left. How, was did anybody incredible. die or did they evacuate ahead of time? I I don't know, but. 
like it's pretty incredible actually like literally everything but metal and concrete is like is left for wow. so gone. this was this like, happened you, on july you, 2nd and uh two people died oh so yeah. that's that's terrible look at oh man these f- jesus I know, oh my John, you're not kidding, dude. There's like, no, you can yeah, just no, see like, like yeah. you can just see like metal roofs left on the ground, kind of thing. Oh yeah, like it was like basically anything that was wood is like completely disintegrated. Oh man. Yeah, there's like a couple like Amber, look at this. walls. I guess we're a podcast. We shouldn't be like, oh, oh that's yeah, that's not even like. Look at this. That's not even you a bad photo. You guys can't photo. see anything, idiot. Looks like a farm. So flat. Either All right, way, well, so, yeah. grateful that we don't uh, live out in Lytton, BC, and, and thoughts and prayers to those folks. If we have a listener in Lytton... Uh, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> uh, don't. Don't go there. Yeah, uh, not, not anymore. Oh, come <laughs> on. <laughs> we actually, supposedly, we had two there, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay, we're going to have to edit this out. Jeez, we're going to get canceled. Um... But, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I see the photo. <laughs> this, this is this what is you're terrible. actually talking about, John. This, like. Oh, that's, that's not crazy. even that bad. Okay, dude, that's, no, no, I'm, that's as gotta, bad as it can get. No, 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 there's photos where, like, literally all that's, all that's left is, like, the concrete basement. <laughs> like, there's, like, nothing, you know, in between. Yeah, oh, imagine, like, driving bad. back through there after the fact, you know? But... You know, then I thought about it too. Like, you know, think about like during like wartime in, you know, like, I don't know. Like, Even London. London was bombed. Yeah, bombed, right? Or like San Francisco fires, right? Like, yeah. like you know, there, there's tons of situations where um, actually, you know, there, there was even a story that comes to mind uh, during the uh, 1849 gold rush uh, in San Francisco. There was a, uh, there was, um, I believe it was the, uh, uh, this looks like a Call Se- of Duty map. I know, right? I know. Uh, it, I think it was the Siegelman family, uh, or the Lehman brothers. I think Siegelmans, though. They uh, they had opened up a uh, one of the few general stores in San Francisco, and just the wisdom behind these men was brilliant. They bought the only uh, brick. Oh wow! Store in all of San Francisco. And they had to pay a premium to get this brick building, okay? Um, I think, I don't know if they bought it or they rented it. Either way, they, they, they situated their business in the only brick building in the entire town. And it wasn't the best location per se, um, but they they were very prudent in that sense. And when uh, when the town finally did, it actually did end up actually burning down, they were the only general store in the entire, like, like in all of San Francisco at the time. Wow. Yeah. Did they go actively look for that, or was that like a nice bonus? No, that was that was break? legitimate. No, that was a legitimate thing that they they wanted an all well, of building. How often would fires happen? Uh, actually, so bef- like back in the day, actually quite regularly. I mean, if you think about it, a whole oh, town okay. of yeah, like they I mean, didn't have fire hydrants and water systems. And stuff oh, like oh like wow. It was, it was actually much more of a concern back in the day than it is now. I mean, okay, okay. The odds of you hearing about a whole town burning down, I mean, it it's just doesn't really. I mean, it, it's so rare, right? Uh, whereas in that time there actually was many great fires yeah mm. i but know it was, uh, it was it was it was enough of an occurrence that these these guys were prudent and got a brick building yeah no that's crazy yeah i remember a couple of weeks ago we were uh we were talking about 
visiting like childhood locations of old homes. Yeah, I remember and, that. Like and, the, the, the how memories come back, or like yeah, how you things and you like remember it. the size of a shoebox. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was thinking about that, and I came across. I was doing some reading on some previous. Um, so for my philosophy major, I would run into some really good readings, and I would like mark them and someday come back to them, and I actually did. And I, I don't know. Let me let me read you this, and then tell me. Um, this is something that you read during your philosophy degree that you had marked for. Hey, I'm gonna read this later, again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll I'll just read this. If we desire what is non not existent. Uh, this so just some context. This is. Um, a philosopher talking about how to get rid of like sorrows because you know we're talking about this fire and it's like imagine you walked in one house like one like i remember one time i left my lights on in this apartment and i remember i had like this uh, this plant that was really close to the lights and i like three hours have passed when i wasn't home and i'm like i could literally just walk back home and there would be a fire it just would come down to did the bulbs actually get hot Right, so it was kind of like that. I was, I just got super lucky. I came back and there wasn't. Mm. But, you know, that's crazy. And I think about like stoicism, and we talk about that a lot. So, I found this reading because um, I remember from our last conversation, I, I, I've, I basically observed that there's a lot of things that I look forward to. It's like, oh, I'll sacrifice now for the potential gain of something in the future. Mm. And this philosopher talks about how that it can be actually dangerous. And that you just really enjoy what you have now um, because that's the most of it. So um, this, this is the paragraph. If what we desire is not existent, then we ought to desire what is existent. We should not choose the permanence of sorrow, rather the permanence of happiness. And he who is rendered sorrowful by the missing of things desired and the non-being of the non-existent his sorrow will never come to an end because in every state in his life, he will be losing a loved thing or missing a desired thing. Sorrow and happiness are opposites that do not abide in the soul together. So if he is sorrowful, he is not happy. And if, if he is happy, he is not sorrowful. Therefore, we should not be sorrowful for missing things desired or losing things loved, and make ourselves, by means of good habit, content with every situation, so as to be always happy. Was that Epicurus? That was not. This this philosopher is... Um, this is from the British Journal of Middle Eastern Studies, and it's... Uh, I guess it's, in a sense, it's a very uh, wordy way of saying be grateful for what you have and lower um, uh, the, the fastest way to uh, happiness is to uh, desire less. Yeah. Yeah. hundred Yeah. This is from Al-Kindi. He was a uh, Islamic philosopher. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I wonder where, like, I can totally see that and how I personally am not happy in states like for example with what i'm doing right now 
how how can I remain happy or how can I be happy with what I have right now? But also more. Well, no, sorry. So how can I be happy with what I have at this very moment to the point where I'm not wanting something that doesn't exist yet, but also keep the same amount of drive? Yeah, that's what I was trying to like. That's what I was thinking about when I read this. Because if I actually stop caring about what I don't have, then I don't think I could be as driven or hardworking towards the goal, right? Like, yeah. Okay, but so Austin, like, what's something I disagree? But what's something that you want? <laughs> All right, this is good. What's well? What's something that you want that's dependent on you wanting more? Like, uh, sorry, mm. what's something that you want that's dependent on you having the mindset of wanting more in order to get it? Sorry, repeat the second question that's, you that's, asked? That's because that's what you just said. Right, yeah, no, sorry. Just, so just repeat that second I question. I what you said. Okay. What is something that you want that you claim that you wouldn't be able to get if it wasn't for the fact that you... Uh, want more. Okay, I Had the mindset of wanting more to, to get it, basically. So... I want to retire before I'm 35. Okay, what does retire look like to you? Why 35? Well, retiring to me would look like not needing to rely on annual income to live. So active annual income to live. So I could be possibly there's an opportunity to maybe manage passive income. I guess that's technically not fully retired, right? So I guess you could call it. Do you think that's a word? Semi-retired, I guess, would be a more accurate term. Yeah, do you think that's a worthy goal? Well, I'd be more than open to discussing the goal. I'm, no, I was no, actually, no, no, no. I mean, no, no. I, I, these, these are the super easy questions. I mean, yeah, no, but I'm, I'm asking goal. about the how can I, if I actually am happy, like in the moment, uh, the, the quote that Amher suggested, how can I, regardless of what the goal is, whether it's to be semi retired by 35 or, you know, ha, you know, rent a Lamborghini for a day or, or own a Lamborghini, whatever it is, right? Uh, how does that philosophy intersect with? How, how does it not interfere with yeah. one's drive? How yeah. does being content yeah. not stop you from wanting more yeah. and, and achieving more? And that's, I, know, I was really thinking about that. Yeah. And the, 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 the rough conclusion I got was you would build certain habits that you really are happy doing that inherently would drive progress. Okay, I see that. Right. And then progress would come from those habits versus using something in the future, like wanting to buy something expensive or retirement, where this quote is saying, you know, you might not get that. And then you're going to be disappointed looking back saying, oh, maybe I wasted 15 years of my life. So in that case, you can't actually do something that doesn't make you happy in the moment or else it all crumbles down. It can. And and he's saying that's just a big risk to try and live your life like that. That's interesting. Yeah, and and John, I actually thought of um, the dichotomy between you and Tristan in this in this in this uh, the, like this thought, this theory, this hypothesis, which is it seems to me 
you 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 want to derive progress from the habits that you do and by improving your character so that you can just you know you you're happy with where you are but you want more you're content where you are because you're doing the things that you want to do that you know will better you and that you enjoy therefore you make progress whereas somebody like you know Tristan and I'm not labeling Tristan I don't know Tristan as a guy but I'm talking about the the what you said last time about how him purchasing expensive things drives him to to have to earn a bigger income to support his lifestyle that seems to me is is wanting more and him adjusting himself to try and hit those goals but he, he's not focused on the habits and on the input it's just morally it's temporary mm -hmm. adjustments no you, you see you, maybe I, I'm I was, wrong I was I was following you and but then you took a left turn so uh, the material items force him to have excellent habits and excellent procedures for doing things uh, yeah be, because in order to support that and maintain the lifestyle that he likes it requires him to work exceptionally hard. What, what would Tristan? You know Tristan better than I do. What, what would he say if one day he woke up and all all of his, all of all these objects were just disappeared? Would he be very sad, or would he not be affected at all? Would he experience any form of sorrow? Like his well, I mean. No, no more than than anyone would be. I mean, it depends on what you mean by like taken away. Like, is it like the police bust in and like literally just confiscate everything, or like, you know, like? But like, I, I, I think that uh, Tristan um, would be just as happy uh, rebuilding. Oh, okay. that's really cool. So I guess he he would he would fall as an um, as an exception to this, but um, so you don't like think he's not, John he's not buying material items because he believes the material items are going to make him happy per se. Okay. Uh, at least I don't believe so. That's a great uh, difference. Yeah, like he, to he make. buys he buys the material yeah. items because he he understands the relationship that they can have that he can have with them that they um, can there there are tools that I believe that he uses to like I don't he's not a fool about it in my opinion he he uses the luxury items as a tool to access feelings and sensations that that are difficult to have uh, without without those luxury items right there's there's certain sensations and appearances that he likes to to maintain and there's certain uh, just there's a certain lifestyle that he that he um uh likes okay and uh, a byproduct of having uh, a lifestyle that is more expensive than one that is cheaper is that in order to actually legitimately maintain that lifestyle you would have to make a considerable amount of money and to make a considerable amount of money you have to have for the most part great habits and you have to have amazing routines and amazing procedures and tristan uh is very disciplined he is extremely systematic i mean he's i mean he, he's he's a phenomenal businessman right and it just happens to be that that's what also uh gets him up in the morning is that he and I don't even know if actually I don't think the material items get them up in the morning. I think that they they um, if anything I, I'd be curious to see if they hold them back going forward. But but they're 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 an aspect of his lifestyle for sure. So you, that, you that but don't you, exist with mine. Yeah, but you said it's much. not. So so then I finish your thought when you said um, you think it's possible to.
Well, the the question that you asked uh, Austin, which was, uh, what is something that he would want that is predicated on him having that want and not being satisfied, correct? What's uh, something that is... I want that wouldn't be achievable if I actually adopted the mindset of being in the moment? That was the question. Yeah, like I, I think that how, how you actually get what you want is that you have to deserve what you want. Or that's, I think that's, sorry, it's not the only way. Right. I mean, you, 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 you could buy a lottery ticket and you could technically be retired tomorrow, like just by pure fluke. Okay. But I think that, you know, a logical way of getting what you want in life is deserving what you want in life. And yeah, when, when I try and build arguments, okay, as to how I would be retired, it's usually predicated with strong character. right routines discipline habits you know fill in the blank with all these different terms right that that's usually the strongest argument that i can create for myself of how i would get to where i want to be mm. starts with what i can control mm-hmm. right if i was listing an argument to you and my argument was i can buy a lottery ticket okay i'm not wrong that's a way of getting there it's unlikely right i'm talking about your example right but if you're going to build the strongest argument possible, right, and actually convince people, okay, it most likely is going to be rooted in discipline, hard work, right, routines, habits, character, right? That's, I think, in my opinion, right? Okay. So the reason why there's there's not really actually any use in really wanting more because if, if following the... The, the discipline and following, you know, principles that you live by, right? You know, a set of virtues or whatever, right? Will make you happy. And you believe that it's also the strongest argument for how you would actually achieve what you want to achieve in life. Well, then at any given moment, you don't actually have to worry about achieving them. Mm-hmm. You can just worry about deserving them and, and acting in a way that you, you would be yeah. owed, you would be owed that almost, right? That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Like, like you like know, expecting. because... Well, the thing about fate is that it, it, it can play some funny tricks on you, right? And if you feel, you know, that, uh, like, put it this way, would you rather get what you want, but not feel like you deserve it? Or would you rather get what you, not get what you want, but but feel like you, that you kind of, you know what? Yeah, fair enough. You know, if I ran that back 100 times, I feel like 99 times out of 100, I would have got it. Yeah, exactly. Always the second. Yeah, and I think that's. And I think that's why, you know, this is this is me speculating a little bit here. I think that's why if you look at the research that's been done on people that win the lottery and they claim that they're no happier, if anything, they're actually less happy after winning the lottery. Mm-hmm. I think that has to do with a lot of them realizing that it, you know, that nothing's changed. Like the money, they got what they wanted, but what they actually, but they didn't, they didn't do it in a way that, that was deserving. That earned like, them anything. Yeah. And so... I think that's a, a classic example, right? So, you know, I don't, I think it's like, sure. Like it's, it's good to have a goal of like, look at, I would rather like, it's, I, I would prefer to not have to actively work for my income because it would allow me to focus on things that I believe to be higher, you know, like higher purposes, right. For me. And 
so if by 35 I was able to do that, I would prefer that. And so I'm going to set goals. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find structures or, you know, you know, systems or, you know, just patterns in, in society that will allow me to get there. Right. Like, so if your goal is to, you know, sell CDs, okay, then it's, you're probably setting yourself up for failure here. Right. So, you know, entering a system that actually allows that to be even be plausible and then entering it with the proper mindset, with the discipline, with the virtues that you want to follow and having some principles to live by what you don't need to want more to achieve it. Yeah. I actually just wanted to, uh, read a quote from Jordan Peterson's uh, 12 more rules for life that I had written down when I read the book. And I want to read it and then explain how I thought of it before this conversation and now how I can see it completely differently as a result of looking at things through earning them or being, you know. Interesting. So the quote is, the goal itself is irrelevant. It's the skill and work ethic you develop during its pursuit that become directly transferable after attaining that goal has come and gone. How I looked at it before was the goal itself is irrelevant, so... I'm not trying to aim at one thing and get it. I'm just trying to work my ass off. And that skill set um, is kind of what can maybe be transferable in my next goal. Like I'm trying to just like aim at one goal in getting there. I will maybe learn something that can then be reused for another goal. Like that's kind of the way I, I looked at it. Uh, after kind of John, <laughs> in, in, I had honestly quite never considered instead of aiming at things, just be a person who you think would be owed that. Like, instead of wanting to be semi-retired by 35, be the person who would, like, undoubtedly just earn that with what they do every day. Um, And so looking at that now, it's like, okay, it's literally the skill and work ethic that decide whether or not you earn it. And so, yeah, the... influence, because see if if you're focusing on want 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 and all you're focusing on is the result right your happiness is predicated not it's not even actually predicated on whether you you get it because the moment you get it you're going to want more anyways right yeah that's what the quote was saying yeah you just it's like this infinite cycle of of wanting and not getting Mm -hmm. so the goal itself is still irrelevant However, the skill and work ethic you develop during its pursuit that become directly transferable after attaining the goal is actually the fact that you're one step closer to earning. Like the the way that you uh, the way that you can achieve a goal is either by achieving it in a, in a in a very auditable sense, like okay, I want to have, I want to buy this car, I want to have this amount of money, I want to work this job, I want to be at this stage in my life, I want to own this house or have this whatever, um, have, be in this type of relationship or be in a relationship with this person. The goal itself is still irrelevant per se, but the fact that you got it and you're, you're, you got whatever your goal is, it's shown you that you put yourself in a spot to leave it undoubtedly owed to you. Yeah, you want to leave no doubt. I had never, yeah, yeah, we talked about that a few episodes ago. That's really interesting. So trying to take away the element of chance, like leave well, no doubt. 
Well, the other interesting thing too is that so if you're fo- if you're not focusing on your inputs and you're not focusing on you know you know I guess what the Stoics would call living in accordance with nature, okay, what you're banking on is that fate delivers it to you, hmm. right? That events unfold in such a manner that you get what you want, right? And I don't know if that's really led to anyone being happy, that events just happen to unfold for them. I don't know if that leads to happiness. And I would Not, suspect that it, it doesn't. 90% Whereas, of the people... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't well, I was, just, I was just... The only thing I was going to finish there was that if you base it on your inputs, you actually no longer even need to think about the result. Yeah. It, it, it just... No, it becomes irrelevant in the sense that if you don't achieve your, your, your goal it's it it achieving your goal is like less than a second yeah it just happens and then you do, it's yeah. it's a brief moment in your life like it's such it's such a brief moment like so like like think about this like it, how ridiculous it would be to say i'll be happy once i i achieve the one second sensation of being retired mm-hmm. yeah Right, like it's it's. I mean, like you'll be retired, you know, forever after that. But then, of course, you you have to then you have to solve the next problem of what would you do with your life afterwards. Well, if 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 you set the goal of okay, I'm going to retire at 35, and that's my my goal. Well, then yeah, you're going to have to set another fucking goal. You're you're always going to be in this weird loop. Whereas, <laughs> if you have look at the goal is to you know. Stoics say we live in accordance with nature. Like if you have principles and virtues and and in and, and character that you're trying to build upon, okay, your goal never changes. Like 52 years from now, I'm I'll have the same goals I have today, which is to better myself, right, and build a stronger character, right, and try and try and actually live closer, you know, in, in, within these virtues that I'm trying to live by. Yeah. And I have preferred indifference to like I have like I, like like 50 years from now, I would rather be trying to work on my character in a Ferrari than you know in a in a uh you know a, a used honda civic right like i i would i would rather have that but like it doesn't like it's preferred indifference like it, it, i'm indifferent i mean either way the goal would doesn't change you still have the same opportunity yeah and and that's the other the obstacle is the way like it doesn't really like like if obstacles arise such that it's no longer like it possible or it's no longer you know a, you know tangible to actually achieve your goal great okay sweet we'll just mm-hmm. we can just swap that it doesn't make a difference right yeah it's, it's so the, irrelevant yeah that was the big realization i made from our last uh, last week's conversation which was you know i would set all these big goals like okay next month you know we're going to try and do twenty thousand. next month we're going to try and do that when then it just kind of became clear well, what are the inputs that I can control to get that integrity with myself? I might have integrity mm. in the business, but what about myself? Because I'm, I am technically the business. So that that was like the major switch. And then when I was reading that, that quote stood out because I'm like, oh, like here, you know, I thought, you know, sitting in mm-hmm. Miami after Tony Robbins setting a goal at one million was gonna get me that happiness. And once I hit that, but then I realized last week was like, okay, wait, hold on what do I like what's the care like what version of myself like I'm just I imagined I just did a million dollars it's the end of the year a new month just rolled around like who am I like what time am I waking up what am I eating what's my character like how judgmental am I 
How consistent am I? When I look in the mirror, am I proud? Am I disappointed? And then I just kind of realize, okay, I got to start building habits to build that relationship with myself. So that's kind of the big thing I got from our last conversation. Because, oh, my God, the amount of thinking I did after that was pretty insane. So um, that was the big takeaway I got. But, yeah, Austin, what, like, what do you what are you hearing? Because I know John already does this, and I know I just figured this out. Where are you at? Well, then I'm I'm trying to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you you under, you understood the concept I felt like before me. So. Well, I think <clears throat> I was just reading. It's funny you asked me that question right now. I was just reading this uh, these kind of notes that I had taken from writing uh, or from reading Jordan Peterson's book. And one thing I often, and I'm really glad I did this because I should honestly read these more often. I'm, I'm considering actually sharing them on the Instagram account. I think they're kind of like, it kind of summarizes each of the 12 rules into, into three or four bullet points of takeaways for each of the rules. So for example, like rule number two is imagine who you could be and then aim single-mindedly at that. And then a quote from that chapter is, you change in the process. It's more about this and less about optimizing and perfecting. And oftentimes I think that I measure my my improvement or my trajectory or how I'm doing in a given timeline based off of perfect, how, how, I, how, I, how optimized I was. Like you kind of said, Emma, right? Like you're looking at, you're, you're auditing yourself more often you're trying to perfect the formula, you're trying to do things in a more efficient way. And yeah, of course, that's important to give yourself feedback on and to make sure you're constantly improving or, or giving yourself the chance to constantly improve. However, I don't think I can peacefully, I don't think at least I have in the past, peacefully operated in that model. I feel like there's a lot of unnecessary um pressure or stress that I'm putting on myself because I don't actually see how just by virtue of doing that I'm changing in the process and I don't see that kind of grandiose scale so I kind of get hung up in the micro a lot of the times and having these battles with myself right does that make sense yeah there's uh, another way of looking at it is the um the different tools that you have access to you at any given moment to remind yourself how ridiculous you are okay so here's one of the stoic tools that i that i use on a regular mm. basis okay i don't know if i've actually introduced i'm curious to know what you mean by ridiculous like do you mean kind of like unique or or like let's hear it, let's hear it. yeah well like okay i feel like you guys have a pretty gauge of pretty reasonable gauge of of what my life looks like you know like you know um like what my health looks like like roughly like my diet is sort of um, you know, like what my mental health game is like, you know, whether it be meditation or, you know, reading habits, um, you know, how I interact with people, you know, my friendships, but you guys have a pretty good gauge of my health. Okay. You have a pretty good gauge of my wealth. You know, you don't, you don't know how much money I have in my bank account, but you have a pretty good idea of, okay, you know, invested in this, invested in that, you got a good business. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, don't have a lot of debt. Like you guys have a pretty good idea of, okay, John's, you know, financially pretty reasonable. Okay. My love situation, you guys are pretty aware I'm, you know, madly in love with Trisha, you know, pretty much want to spend the rest of my life with her, pretty much set, right? You know, we have pretty reasonable sex regularly, you know, we, we you know, we hang out nice. often, we go for walks, you know, it's it's like Thanks a pretty good sharing, relationship. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
and as far as happiness goes, you know, you guys have no fucking clue because, of course, no one, you know, no one really has right. to engage, right? But um, you have a pretty good gauge of what my life is like. Yeah. How many people on the planet right now would consider this their dream life? Business owner, no debt, beautiful girlfriend, you know, fan, like, you know, a, 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 you know, investment portfolio, you know, successful, thriving, growing business, right? Healthy friendships on a podcast, you know, like run, like I could go down yeah. the list, like fuel fish and car, you know, it, it, I, okay, it, okay, in right. good health. No, 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 no. But I'm just, I'm just saying like you, you could, no, but I mean like, just think about all the little things that I have that someone is wanting. Like someone right now just wants to not have to ever think about making a bill payment. I haven't thought about in probably about two years at any moment has it ever crossed my mind that I couldn't make my bills for the month. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not even on my radar mm-hmm. whatsoever. That's a small thing in my life that I take so for granted. Mm-hmm. Think about how many people right now in Canada would just love to get to the point where they don't have to think about whether or not they can ask for extra guacamole on their fucking hamburger. Mm-hmm. Think about how many people like just just want a car that doesn't break down every week. How many people just want blank that I already have? Like I'm already living like what you know how you talk about like striving for more? Mm-hmm. I already have what most people would consider more and beyond. I've never looked at it that way. And and, and I guess what really you're saying is that you're finding set. you're finding the fact that like I guess realize no, you could just put yourself in and be like no wow, i know make it so pertinent to your situation yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. and then yeah. it's humbling uh yeah but i mean like think about how many like you could just put yourself into the mindset of like wow i would love to have my lifestyle oh wait i have it fantastic let me enjoy it <laughs> right so you it kind of loops back to what Amher's quote was right yeah like i have i i like you know, anytime I'm like not enjoying my business, I always remind myself, yeah, but how many people would love to run and have the opportunity of running? Yeah. Like, think about how many people, like, I mean, hell, I was one of them. And, and gratitude. Seven years ago, all, the fact that, like, dude, running a million dollar business, like, dude, if you had a told 18 year old John that one day he'd get to run a million dollar business, I'd be like, whoa, fucking sweet. How old was I, 45? You know, like, mm. you know, like I'd be stoked, right? Yeah. So that's a tool set that the Stoics mm. use, right? And that I use regularly is to remind myself that I'm living the dream life for a lot of people. Mm. Right? I mean, even the simple, and now take in mind, the people that don't have a quote unquote dream life have a dream life for someone. Yeah, right? yeah. no, someone I, I, I get the, right I get the, the pattern. Would love to live in a fucking shitty apartment a lot in Canada and not have to eat and drink water out of a puddle. Mm-hmm. You know? Like even just going to the, dude, Think about this. Our homeless people live better than most kings did back in the day. Like they can just, I mean, that's, that's not the best example. Most, a very like lower income person in Canada, they can walk over and they can flush their shit down a toilet. Yeah, they can yeah, go, yeah. There's, a, there's a magical source of water. They just turn it on, water comes out. It's clean, mm-hmm. you can drink it. It's infinite. Dude, uh, like a funny one is like, uh, and I, and I, and I heard this from another guy, I think William Irvine, I think is his name. He's like, kind of like a, like a modern day stoic. And he, and he has this one funny thing where he's like the tap analogy, you know, just how you just get water mm-hmm. right out of your tap. He's like in a, in some parts of the world, 
females will marry men based on how far they have to walk in order to get water for the family each day. That's insane. Because think about it. Like if you're gonna marry, you're gonna marry Ammer. You gotta walk three miles. For John, you only gotta walk one mile. Dude, <laughs> I'm gonna get picked nine times out of ten because two miles a day times by thirty days. Like, She's gonna save sixty miles picked. of walking. Sorry, Amber. Yeah, I'm closer yeah, to the water right? like, supply, so, dude. Whereas Amber, do you think anyone's gonna pick me because I have a better water fountain in my house? No, we all have like reasonably, you know, like a pretty decent source of water. Like it's not even, it's not even on a female's radar. I'm gonna text uh, a I'm, man can. Yeah, yeah, Miranda. Just hey, I got the goods. I'm gonna text <laughs> Trisha saying I'm gonna send her a, a Snapchat of my water pressure and be like, yo. <laughs> Have you considered it's just this funny. as we an actually lived in a, We live. I, I actually took water pressure for granted. Uh, oh, I, it's, yeah. We yeah we lived in a in a condo like, kind of more downtown than where we were like a, mm-hmm. last year or maybe two years ago, and the water pressure was so bad that you couldn't even like rinse like stuff off your off your like plate like it was oh, just wow. brutal. Whereas now like my faucet is like a take like your a skin off. Hose. Yeah. Oh yeah, you gotta be careful if you turn it on too high. Like, like yeah, like, you know, like burst Splash the pipe. Kind of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And so, but you know, so anyway, that's a that's a tool that you can use. Well, that's really you uh, are living someone's dream life. John, I I've obviously I've thought of that before. Like I think, oh, well, you know, there's things I can be grateful for and and I had just never considered it at that scale. How one to one no matter where you are, you could be in John Morgan's shoes, you could be in my shoes, you could be in Amher's shoes or any one of your friends and family like that that you can think of right now they're they're either they're they're likely focusing on the parts of their lives that they overwhelmingly want to improve and those are the probably the things that may be bringing them the, the more amount of cortisol that flows through their brain well it could also revert this uh, work the reverse by the way mm. like you could have an event that's happening that's negative in your life and someone who's has it way worse than you would love to have just the mere problem that you're having mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, that's actually funny you bring that up. Uh, Joe Rogan has said this a lot recently on his podcast. It's very simple. And it, cause he talks, so he interviews a lot of people, of course. And he just said, you know, there's one thing I've found in, in podcasting and being a public figure is that the worst thing that's ever happened to somebody is the worst thing that's ever happened to somebody. And that's it. So oh, interesting. So it's like, if uh, he's like i've sad. sat here and he's interviewed like thousands of people and you know some people are here telling me that the fact that their mom died when they were seven drastically impacted the way their life was going to live and then he interviewed like francis and ganu who's the heavyweight champion oh, of the world so good. So heavyweight good. champion of the world who literally walked across a desert six times to try and cross a border into another country and they would capture him and bring him all the way back yeah and then he'd try and run across the desert again and they'd capture him bring him all the way back he had to do that six times without food and water and he finally made it to a country where he could start eating well and training worked his way up and became the heavyweight champion of the world in MMA it's like talk to that guy he you know he probably didn't have an amazing relationship with his parents, right? It's like, so then you start to compare like apples to oranges 
and you think you're comparing apples to apples. I think there's like the, the blindness that I had, John, or currently have that I'm trying to, to, to see past is that I really do think sometimes that I'm comparing apples to apples in a sense where I'm looking at my life or my achievements or what I'm trying to achieve currently and holding myself to this like bar that can be just scrutinizing for myself in terms of how I am enjoying going about the process and kind of really making these short-term issues or challenges mean so much more when in fact, um, when in fact I am not giving myself the chance to actually be grateful and feel privileged to actually be in the situation I'm in right now to just be having those challenges, right? It's, it's hard for stress and gratitude to coexist. I guess is what I yeah, mean. totally, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Another Can you explain? Even... Yeah, I just want to better understand yeah, the worst. The worst thing that happens to a person is the worst thing that happens to a person. So the I worst thing that's that. ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you, is the quote. So it's like, Amr, the worst thing that's happened to you, objectively speaking, might be more difficult than the worst thing that's ever happened to me, right? But because the worst thing that's ever happened to me is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, it means there's just oh, the equal right. amount of Amber, the suffering. The important right? point is the in, the voice inflection on you. Like oh, the worst thing it. to happen to you, right, is different than the worst thing that happened to you. Oh, okay, got the it. worst thing that happened to you is the worst thing that happened to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, got it, way got of saying it. it. Okay, yeah, okay, there was a voice okay. reflection that may not be picked mm-hmm. up on the mic that in person I think you would have picked up more on. Okay, it. got yeah. it, got it. That makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Because, for yeah. example, when I heard John's story the first time we had met him uh, or talked with him before we even turned this into a podcast, I immediately felt like all of the problems that my business had ever had in the past were kind of like rendered this big, right? Which is interesting because that's, you know, there's a book that uh, we've mentioned it many times in the podcast, but anyone that reads it instantly gets that sensation. Man search for meaning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my God. What a book. This you know, guy and, is. And, and, and I hesitate even saying this because it's so, you know, like this is a very, like, this is like, this is a, a very dark out book. there. No, well, no, but it's a very out there. What I'm about to say is mm. very, okay. can be taken in so many different ways, but obviously I have nothing, but you know, you know, the Holocaust, in a sense, could be perceived as a, in the in the very very long run, could be see could be okay seen as a positive event in the sense that it it it, it could be, for a lot of people it will be a positive uh, impact on their life. Okay, there was there was a sacrifice of many millions of people, but now every single person can at the very same time. Wow, my life is so much fucking better. And that wow. could have a massive positive impact on the world. And there's a lot of people who, you know, like, who feel like, wow, they died for nothing. Well, no. We have the choice to say whether they died for nothing. If we don't learn from it, you know, then they died for right. nothing. But in reality, there's actually a lot of very powerful lessons to be learned from, you know, reading about that, right? And if anything, that's respecting the people that, you know, lost their lives during the Holocaust would be to actually learn the lesson, right? That's so well, powerful. I didn't think, I don't think that came off. Because very casually, we talk about all these, like, different military generals. Yeah, they were mass murderers. Like, very casually. Like, see, like, like, for example, like, if I was to talk about, 
lessons learned in the Iraq war, that's like, that hits pretty close to, to home, right? Like, cause it's like, like that happened like pretty soon. Like we, you might have an uncle or something like that that maybe died in that war or have a relative, right? But if I talk about, you know, military uh, uh, lessons learned from Napoleon, you don't know, you don't know anyone that died in the Napoleonic war, right? It's, but like hundreds of thousands of people died. It was a, a ridiculously violent event. Right. More violent than anything, you know, and yet we can talk about it and it's not a bad thing. Like there's lessons yeah. to be learned there. Right. But we are talking about people losing their life. Right. Like why, yeah. why? I mean, I guess I, I feel like it's just really interesting that there's something about the human condition that makes it extremely valuable and reassuring to know that somebody else had it worse. Like, why is that? Well, I, I don't know if it's reassuring. I think it's inspiring. Yeah. Whatever the word but, may be. It's like, it's, it's helpful. Like, like I just said about you, John, when I found out all the, like the, your path to where you are versus the path I had taken, I was like, oh my God, what have I just spent the past couple years stressing out about? And now I'm again in my own way of thinking, kind of tunnel vision, developing it again a little bit. Right. So it's like, why is it so reassuring for anyone to have these types of conversations that we're having right now? Like, I get that there's empathy at play. It's just, why does me understanding that you and your own life went through X is going to help me go through Y? It's like such an interesting well, thing, right? Equation, I, I don't know, at a fundamental equation, level. But like, well, like the whole idea that, you know, and, and this is a stoic... Uh, quote like in it in it in, in the way that you would like in the way it's worded but i actually do not know who whose quote this is okay mm. um i think a president at some point like probably a like roosevelt you know probably said it uh, but i don't know where he got it from uh it's like uh do uh what you can with what you can where you are mm. Mm seems i don't know it doesn't seem very profound to me yeah it's not it's just do what you can with what you have where you are right now yeah and that, but that but that's all all of us at any moment have available to us that's all we can ever do is do the most we can with what we have where we are right now that's all we can do at any given moment i think that's what um victor and no Frankl one doesn't have that point. opportunity though you know what i mean though no one alive doesn't have mm -hmm. that opportunity mm -hmm. we are all equal we mm -hmm. all have that opportunity to do what we can with what we have where we are right now and jo joe rogan Every talks about this too is that zero exceptions imagine zero. there's like this shadow of you that can exist in 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 real time next to you that's just constantly the, well, doing the, that the ghost yeah, yeah the remember ghost the racing yeah. games yeah yeah the ghost lap yeah it's like that that would be the real life version of the ghost lap there's someone there's a version of you that exists kind of in like a like a hologram next to you that is constantly doing that you know well, what would that be like well it, it, well even more interesting i think you know amra we were talking about this about how so yeah there's a version of yourself but it's also interesting to see okay here's the situation i'm in how would blank handle this situation Right. Yeah. Or I ask myself a lot how, that question when I'm thinking about people that I look up to. Perceive me doing it this I, way. I, th I have like five or six people that I can insert a name, and and pretty 
quickly it'll change the way i'm gonna do something 100 percent, 100 percent. like i you know there's the whole example of like uh you know what would your grandmother think of your actions right or yeah, how would yeah. your mother feel if she knew that you were doing this right there's a lot of you know pretty notable events in history that would have been <laughs> resolved that, that would have gone a lot differently if someone had a stop to ask you know what, what would, would Jesus do? do? Yeah, yeah. What would Jesus? Amber, do? Amber, right? you gotta show us what you just showed, t- or tell us what you just showed us on your phone. Well, well, because we were talking about this last week, how John has his little statue of Marcus Aurelius kind of looking at him, right? And now we're talking about this. So I got, I, I got inspired, and I, I don't know, I just print out a, a photo of you guys and put it on my wall. So. Wait, can I see this? Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't even know if my Dude, the fact that I'm watching you now when you sleep. You guys like, are just, now watching me. Yeah. Like just honestly, hey. I don't know how I feel about that. Like there, <laughs> you don't have a choice. <laughs> there's a photograph of my eyes that see you naked every day. No, no, no. I don't. I don't know. I I don't get naked in front of the photos. Like, what if, like, in some weird Black Mirror? Dude, episode, this was so inspiring. That photographs are actually like, of, like, like you, like, just actually just frozen. You know. <laughs> Like this like was Han so Solo. touching and inspiring until John made it a Black Mirror episode where we see Amber naked. Yeah. <laughs> this is so not the way it was supposed to be. This is awesome. But uh, oh, man. so the, we're like I'm right above saying, you I'm on just, the wall. I'm trying to practice some negative visualization. It could be worse. Right there. I could it's be the photograph desk. on Amber's wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, well, you know what? Listen, listen, dude. You know, you, you guys, you guys always inspire a higher version of myself. So I'm like, why not? There you go. Yeah. That's awesome, actually. Yeah. Like this morning, I woke up and I was going to hit snooze. And then I turned and I saw Austin smiling at me. <laughs> There's John. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. There should just be a photo of me like this. <laughs> no, you have to be like. You're like, fuck, what would John do? I'm like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember how John, you, you used to mention how, um. You know, you'd get caught up with um, with temptations every now and then. You just put a photo of Austin in your bathroom. And then oh, nice! You would never that's... get any sort of temptation ever. And then it would end. Yeah, but that's like that would kill. That's disgusting. I, I I would not recommend that course of action. But I would I would like the the I, I'm considering the the photo the the. What you did with your Dude, thumb there, John? There's so like many this. situations that, like, I'm just visualizing that are, that could arise from having a photo of Austin in my bathroom. That just are so not good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like guests come over, they're like, "Why is there this printout of this guy's headshot in your bathroom?" Yeah, why yeah. is there like a in like 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 a, a laminated photo <laughs> of of Amber or yeah, of Amber in your in your in your in your shower? It's like that's kind of fucking. Weird. It's like, oh no, no, like I have that in there. I, I, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I have that in there so that I don't jerk off in the shower. Yeah, no, so I, it's so I don't jerk off in the shower. That's why it's in there. Okay. And then your friends, and your friends, like, I mean, I guess so. That person's no longer your friend. And you just look moment. them dead in the eye, and you're leave. like, listen, would you jerk off in the shower if your friend's uh, face was in the shower with you? Probably not. So no. yeah, there we go. No, I did a lot of thinking on this. I'm like, oh, I can put like a photo of, of like Tony Robbins or something like that. But I know myself and my blueprint. And what drives me is like my relationship with my friends, mm-hmm. my really close friends. And you guys happen to be those, you mm-hmm. know? So 
You didn't get to really pick there. You just happened to be these people. That's so and funny. You guys are above my work desk. So, <laughs> well, do you know what? I, I actually I, so I carry a little photo actually in my wallet, and I have actually for many years, and it's just of my little brother. There you go, man. There you go. And I and, and, That's and awesome. I pull this out all the time. Look how cute he is. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's like a better looking that version of you. It's awesome. That was him a long time. Like, like he's he's like, this is like, seven, yeah, seven years ago. But um, he's obviously like a lot older now. Um, yeah, like he was four in this photo. So you have a brother time. that's eleven. Uh, I think he's turning twelve this year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I didn't know you had siblings that different from you in age. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think the the gap between oldest to youngest is seven or eighteen years. It's pretty impressive. Or seven, you know, seventeen years from top to bottom. My mom, yeah, that's pretty okay. dope. That's pretty cool to have like relationships with siblings that are literally in different life stages than you, right? Like, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, um, multiple life stages. Yeah, like I have my oldest sister's twenty nine, and uh, you know she's married, and you know like getting pretty close to having kids. You know, like has a hat like she like you know had you know just has her life in edmonton like she's like you know wow ways away from me i have another sister who's um you know still living at home um you know uh like rents off my mom but like nonetheless like you know just she's like her life is getting together but you know she's had some setbacks and things like that and, and some you know some relationships that just didn't go her way and so here she is right like trying to rebuild and you know relaunch and and then I have a little brother, obviously he's a 12, lives at home, you know, like he's so, you know, he's so interesting to, to hang around because it's like, you know, it's actually shocking how similar our interests are. Like at times, like I'll be like, what? Like, like him and I are both really into railroads, but like I'll like show up to his house and like, like his YouTube recommendations are like pretty close to mine. That's you know? cool. Oh, that's, that's dope. That's yeah. Dope. Yeah. Like we both will just watch like videos of trains driving by and I'm like, you, you're into that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, fuck, do you want to just sit and watch trains? So like, we'll just be like on the couch, just like sitting there watching trains and we're both just, my mom comes in, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, you know, that's and, awesome. uh, and then I have another younger brother who's 20 and I think he's turning yeah. 21 this year and he, uh, yeah, 21 this year and uh, he just got his first job, you know, and he's working at a, at a pub you know at a british Jeez. pub and he's like yeah it's so funny my brother he looks asian <laughs> like out of all of us like he's like he looks pretty asian and he works at a british pub and he's like yeah it's just it's it's a funny little kind how of does he look guy. asian that's insane you don't look asian at all uh, his his father is greek and greeks can sometimes look a little Asian. Yeah. <laughs> I, go, I don't man. see it, but I trust Biology the judgment. Biology 101. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Like, like, no Genealogy like, with John. If you saw a photo, it yeah. would make more sense. No, no, I yeah. understand. If I you understand. saw a photo, yeah, yeah, it would make a lot more sense. Yeah. And Well, that's a funny thing, too, is we there's three different fathers here. Wow. Interesting. So you have siblings. That's really cool, actually. Half, half brothers. Do you guys kind of all like? Do you have any siblings, John, that are a hundred percent yours? Your sibling? I mean, I would consider all my siblings. Like, I, I don't right? Really sorry, biologically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My two, my two sisters and I, as far as I know, all we all have the same father, John Allen Morgan Jr. Hmm. Okay. And it's interesting too. We actually all have different. Like, I have like 
virtually no relationship with my father. They very, they, you know, like as in like right. if I bumped into the street, like I'd be like, oh hey, how you doing? Yeah, good, good yeah. to see you again. My one sister Ashley has like zero relationship, as in like wouldn't even recognize him. Like if they, right. you know, like I, he, he, my dad wouldn't recognize mm-hmm. her, and she wouldn't recognize him. Like zero relationship. Mm-hmm. And then my one sister is, you know, like calling, like they have like they talk often. Interesting. It's like the three possible yeah. outcomes. Yeah, and then and then same with like uh, Jamie, uh, who I would actually consider my father. Like so, right. Jamie, uh, who's Nico's father. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have a fantastic relationship with. I you know go out for lunch with him often. You know, like he, I I actually didn't know he wasn't my father until like, yeah. I was like nine or nine or ten years old yeah. right? so I, I still you know he raised me you know for all intents and purposes yeah. and he's helped me out over the years um, i have a great relationship with him Ange has no relationship ashley has no relationship nico and i both do right mm-hmm. and then uh then there's jeff who's my mom's current husband okay who's the father of keen who's my youngest brother and uh Ange, you know basically no relationship with him jeff and i you know like yeah we're like we're like i know him he knows me like you know when i'm there like you know we like we can chat right. about ufc and stuff right ashley literally calls him dad and so does keen right like it's it's interesting like we all have that is so weird you know, it's perfect yeah we all like, like no no sorry yeah i don't mean of, to be like, so i don't Ange, mean to be judging so, i'm just no, 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 trying to i know it's, dude it's it's the most like so you can come with this so Ange calls like our like you know john, like Ange calls john dad no one else does. Uh, Jamie, Nico, and I call him dad. No one else does. <laughs> Jeff, Keen, and Ashley call dad. No one else does. Like it's like we all. So have the our same own, two like, people that call dad dad are not actually both there. Yeah, but what a luxury though. Like we yeah, all get to pick yeah, yeah. our favorite one. It's right? so true. Like, it's like an ala, it's like father a la carte, right? Like it's kind of like a buffet <laughs> of fathers. So you get to pick which one, you know. <laughs> like which one? Father do you a la carte, <laughs> yeah. dude. That is so good. <laughs> Oh man, it's like uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's really yeah. interesting. That's so interesting. And like, if all of you, I would, I would love to see. I wish I could get all of you in a room, like all of you, all of your siblings, your mother, and It'd be very difficult. I know, but oh, just to put, oh, dude, that'd be just, so just epic. to put a podcast yeah. mic in the middle of the table and just hit record and lock all of you in a room. Nah, it wouldn't be a good conversation. So John, what's this painting thing? You, yeah, yeah, I'd be like, you, you sell like paintings sake, so that you hang on walls for seven years now. You think they're thinking you're still like John? You don't, you don't have any paint on you. You still painting there? You still doing those you know, uh, that, paintings? Interesting enough, that that actually might be a. Um... There's always an opportunity. Mm-hmm. There's always an opportunity. no, no. But I was thinking, you know, that might actually be. I don't know if it was something that that it would that would necessarily be worthy of getting released, but it, it certainly would be worth an idea, um, having. Um, my siblings and I, you know, because it's actually every time I, it, it's almost impossible to get all five of us in the same room. Keen wouldn't really participate because Keen, Keen, um, actually has no like he he has he has no like I'll call it like he's uh, the youngest. He doesn't really uh, understand the shifts and how it was. No, but he wasn't that. around. Uh, like so, like there's my mom has like two major distinctions. Like there's there's uh, prior to getting. Uh, out of the weed game and there's after sorry uh, yeah there's 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 weed game mom and there's after weed game mom got right? it and there's two different it's two different versions of her right like he's um, only one like seen one season not the other yeah game. like yeah he doesn't even know that like our mom like you know like that's so we, you know that's so awesome. there's like the ogs you know we have yeah. like, so 
Yeah, <laughs> but <clears throat> but uh, my siblings and I, it's interesting because like none of us really like you know 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 each other, right? And anytime that uh, it doesn't happen often, but like I don't know if it's ever happened that all f- five of us have ever been in the same room. I don't dope, think man. all five of us have ever been in the same room, mainly because Ange and Ash will never basically be in the same room. It's, it's yeah. impossible. Yeah. But um, it, it would be interesting to have a podcast episode of Nico, who's my younger brother, who's 21, Ange, who would 100% be down, and me to just chat just mm. openly about our... Because Ange has very vivid memories of our childhood. So do I. And Ange is older than you? Young. Angie's my, Angelina, yeah. She's the old, my oldest sister. But it would be really interesting. I mean, you'd have a lot of like really funny conversations and some hilarious fucking stories. Oh my god, I would love and to some moderate of the that. Stories are so funny; it's ridiculous. And Ange and I, <clears throat> did you guys ever play Halo growing up? Yes. Okay, Ange and I beat every single Halo, like one, two, and three, like the original three, on legendary difficulty together. And that's like oh, something that's... you can never take Wait, away from us. S- skulls on or off, dude. I was like exactly. I knew it. No way. <laughs> no, get no, out of no here. No way. Kidding. Don't even. <laughs> I beat a legendary skulls on. Trying, man. What is the skulls on? Headshots only. With your brother. We played on the same no, account. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I do. Uh, I don't even know if there was like. I didn't even know what skulls were. Oh, okay. Okay. What do you mean skulls YouTube on or off? Dude, what does you, that mean? You, Amber, it's like YouTube modifiers. Wasn't even around. YouTube didn't even exist when we beat oh, like, true, all three true, Halos. True, true. So like we beat all three on Legendary. No YouTube. Okay, that, okay, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. That's what I'm saying. No, like no YouTube. We beat all three, and the only the only thing that we like, and, and it didn't. There was no cheat codes, but there was like remember Cheat Central or Cheat CC or whatever. Yeah, yeah, cheat yeah. Cheat Code yeah, Central, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you dude, know like Cheat CC. Oh, dude, of course I do. I, I bet if you. I, I couldn't tell you what they were, but if you put a PlayStation 2 controller in my hand, I could I could get you max life in San Andreas. <laughs> like I have the I have the muscle memory, I just don't know. <laughs> Dude, that I could get you yeah. max life in San Andreas. Yo, the people listening to this that, that understand what was just said are are yeah. real are real 90s kids. I know how to spawn insane. a jet still to this day. It's L1 yeah, R1. Dude. R1, R2, up, down, up, down, up, down, oh, up, dude. down. We just lost spawns. all of the people that are actually intelligent <laughs> listening to this podcast. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Uh, Anyways, that'd be a cool conversation. That'd be a cool conversation. I agree, John. Yeah. Like, there's so many, like, there's so many mini stories that, that would so be great. so funny. Like, the time, like, that Ange, like, sold my, um, my Nintendo, I, I had a Nintendo 3, or not a 3DS, but a Nintendo DS, Okay. And mm-hmm. Anne sold it one time to like buy weed with her friends, and <laughs> and like I could not for the life of me find this Nintendo, and I was so heartbroken as a kid. And like, You're, like looking I, around I in your like, room, like, yeah. And my mom was like, bla- you know, because I, I I have always still to this day, it's actually kind of ridiculous. I cannot for the life of me not lose everything that I own. So maybe but one of the reasons why I don't buy material things, like I just lose shit. Like oh really? Eh? Like. Almost every single day, I'd come home, and it was the same. And still to this day, every single day I leave my apartment, like my condo, Trisha's always like waiting, and I come right back in because I forgot. Oh, John, like, I'm just I'm the same man. Yeah, literally, no. like, every time I leave, I, I forget keys. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah no, I, I'll be like, I have no wallet, no phone, no key. Like, I'm like, what? Like, how did I even, you know? But every single day, I get home from school, and my mom would be like, "Gee, where's your hoodie?" I'd be like, oh. so I'd walk back to the school and grab my hoodie that I forgot somewhere, you know. <laughs> Or I where's get home, your where's your toque? Yeah, where's your toque? Fuck. 
where's your bike oh my god like i I literally would like anytime i came home my mom would be like where's plank i have to go back and get it right yeah and anyway so my mom just figured i lost it i lost it i'm like no no i was so adamant i put it in the bamboo tiger box with the blankets like i was 100 percent positive i'm like nope nope someone stole it anyway heartbroken i was like fuck it like in this five years later no no dude this was like this would have been like 15 years 15 years after the fact and she's like you know i was like i was talking about um we were talking about you know how i always lost things i said yeah the one thing that i never fucking lost and i'm just i'm positive that someone took it was that nintendo ds and she's like oh yeah no i sold that for weed i'm like what oh my god you know like (laughs) that's jokes there you go man the the morgans or the time that one time my sister uh my sister's friend, you know, like I don't know, did you ever? I don't. Did you guys ever have sisters? Yeah. No. Nope. Do we ever have no, sisters? Yeah, I have. I have a sister. Yeah. Okay. One thing about um, having sisters is that they borrow each other's clothes, and women in general will borrow uh, other women's clothes. It's like a like an, like a whole like marketplace they have going. I don't know what the <laughs> exchange rate is, but they like borrow yeah, each other's clothes. Okay. okay? Yeah. And um, and I don't think it ever expires. Like I, th- I think like my mom still borrows like her mom's clothing. Like it's just like a thing that women have. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, my one sister had this one friend who like I was aware of, but like I didn't know like you know because women another thing too is like they like like men are pretty stable. Like if you're friends with a guy, like you know like if you have a fight, you might punch each other, but then your friends like let like. 15 minutes later right like yeah okay you know we both have black eyes let's, let's call it even right whereas women have like these like weird like 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 grudges they'll hold for like you know a period of time and as a as an eight-year-old kid you're not like necessarily like in the politics like i try keeping up a little bit of like how like you know this my sisters are in good terms or in bad terms because there's a hole in the wall so probably not in good terms right now <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff right or like haven't seen that friend kim in a while wonder if they're still friends right like shit like that mm-hmm. i tried keeping up Anyway, this one friend comes, knocks on the, you know, this door. I'm like, it's like Saturday morning watching cartoons. Ashley's friend is like, oh, hey, like Ashley has a bunch of my clothes. And like, I was wondering if I could come in and just quickly grab them. I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. No worries. Yeah, come in. And she's like, oh yeah, do you have like, do you have a trash bag? I'm like, yeah, for sure. I go upstairs, grab a trash bag for her. I'm like, oh, no. yeah, do you need any help or anything like that? She's like, yeah, for sure. Can you help me? So I'm like, oh yeah, is this, I'm like, she's like, oh yeah, that's mine. Anyway, go back, watching the cartoons, just chilling. Ashley comes home. I'm like, hey, Ash, how you doing? She's like, oh, you know, just got back from whatever blah 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 sleep over okay cool go into the room all i hear is like a really loud scream she's like all my clothes are stolen i'm like oh <laughs> I'm like oh that's what that was it turned out i had helped one of ashley's like friends that like was not at all on good terms to basically steal like half of her wardrobe and my mom's like wow. you didn't think it was weird that like she took a whole trash bag of clothes i'm like not really like i don't know like I don't like I don't know what I was foods, watching right? Ed Ed and Eddie, you know, I'm just trying to relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ed Ed and Eddie, jeez. <laughs> no, I was probably watching um, probably cat Recess. big cat dog guy. Probably Reese, a cat Recess. dog, cat dog guy. No, I don't know what's cat, cat. dog. <laughs> I don't know. Cat dog. Something, something in Elmer. Who knows? <laughs> oh, dude, come on! You've I never seen like a, this. I think that's an Elmer. You've never show. seen this show. <laughs> no? What the hell is that? What? It's really yeah. a cat dog. Yeah, it's cat dog, man. Are you kidding me? No, Come on. I watched uh, if Recess. You're, if you're a listener Arthur. of this podcast and you know what cat dog is, please bail me out. No, no, don't. No. I honestly, dude, that's an Elmer thing for sure. It's n- <laughs> like I'm pretty sure. Like I know I'm actually pretty sure that's based on a true story. Oh <laughs> no! Come on. 
<laughs> All the dumping that's been happening in Elmer. That's what happens when they, so like when your dogs and your cats drink the same water in Elmer. That's yeah. What happens happening. Yeah, straight up. Oh man, you guys definitely know what cat dog is. You're just trying to hang me out to dry. No, dude. I would no, be no, honest. I'll tell you. No hyperbole. Never heard of cat dog. Don't even want to know cat dog. It looks weird. It looks like the. Don't it looks even like want to know the. Uh, it looks like the backwoods version of like. Uh, um, uh, invader. Uh, it's like the backwards version of Blue's Clues, to be honest. It's like, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, should we get into some whack versus wise? I don't yeah, mind. Probably. I don't mind. I'm just gonna. I, jump I got out. something for you. We never did a whack oh. versus wise with. Uh, yeah, what's up? What's up, John? Yeah, it's all good. Actually, never mind. It's all good. All right. We we never did a whack versus wise with uh, with Kanye, so I thought I'd throw in some Kanye here today for you. This is an old school one. Um, okay, here we go. This is Kanye West. I'm listening. I'll be right back. Yeah, no worries. This is Christian Dior denim flow. Featuring Kid Cudi, Pusha T, John Legend, and Lloyd Banks. So, and this was released in 2010. The cool thing about this, why I like this, is uh, Kanye just raps about just different models. You'll see. Here we go. There we go. John. If you do us uh, the pleasure of reading that. I'm in my Christian uh, Duar with a Veronica Webb, Neom Lenore, Chanel, Cecily Lopez, Arlenis Sosa, Salita Ebanks, grew up on Mob Deep, and speak that Jordan Dunn language, make a phone call out to Joan Smalls, I wonder how it feel in Lara Stone's walls. Jessica Gomez, y'all, I would damage her, and see if Jessica Stam got the stamina. I'm in the car with Leo and the Ben Swerve. I heard Bar with friends with Etsy Ginsburg, Coco Rocha, 
Kate Mimosa, Alexander Ambrosio, Anja Rubik and Olga, Kirilenko, tell her I'm very single, Abby Lee too, I'm a freak, boo. I'm wilding, I'm on a thousand, I wanna see Ira shake next to Dotson. Perfect. I can't understand one line of that. Like Th- Those were all names of models that Kanye would like to elope with. Wow. Go. Yeah. By the way, I just stepped out to go to the bathroom and I asked Miranda, I said, <laughs> have you ever heard of cat dog? And she looked me dead in the eyes and said, yeah, but my mom didn't let me watch it because it was too dumb. Elmer. Elmer. Elmer, this is back, Elmer talk. This is Elmer talk. <laughs> and, and like, actually, do you know what? What if weird? What if in a weird, like, what if we're actually living in a universe where like everyone in the world didn't listen to, like, didn't watch Cat Dog, but everyone in Elmer, Quebec did, and that's why everyone there is like, like, at least twenty <laughs> IQ points lower. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> like maybe there's like, I hope there's like okay, a research well, study on like, yeah, Cat Dog. It was weird. Like, if you look not, the map, it was I'm... only popular in this one area of Quebec. <laughs> And like for some reason, like we like we can't. I mean, like the water's a little funky there, but like otherwise, we don't know why the IQ is like a little bit lower. <laughs> so first of but all, like, I'm dog, all for torching Elmer. The two. Uh, I no. just think a lot of people know Cat Dog. I, I I'm I would not die on this hill to defend Elmer, but uh, I know that people listening to this podcast have listened to Cat Dog, and if you have or watched Cat Dog growing up, if you have watched Cat Dog. Please bail me out in the DMs, please. So I can use this against Elmer and John next week. Um, yeah. Well, if if anything would drop the IQ of Elmer, is just it would be because Awesome would just absorb all the IQ in his head. Yeah. Oh, that's, the that's osmosis that Miranda. Yeah, <laughs> I'm calling you smart. 1998. Okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be the longest <laughs> wisdom that I've ever had, but it's gonna oh, be God. well worth it. It's so epic. All right. All right. Let's hear it. When they were boys, Alexander and his friends were forced to bathe in frigid rivers, run barefoot till their soles grew as thick as leather, ride all day without food or water, and endure whippings and ritual humiliations. On the rare occasions when they got to rest, their trainers would remind them, while you lie here at ease, the sons of the Persians are training to defeat you in battle and take everything you have. In Sparta, boys were allowed to stay with their mothers till they were seven. At that age, they were taken from their families and enrolled in the agog, the upbringing, in quotations. This training lasted till they were 18, when they were considered grown warriors and were enrolled in the army. The boys in training were given one garment, a rough cloak, that they, were, that they wore all year long. They, swept, they slept outdoors year-round. Each boy carried a sickle-like weapon called an exel. They were allowed no beds, but instead to make nests of reeds gathered each night from the river. They were not permitted to cut the reeds and with their sickles, but had to tear them with their bare hands. Food for the boys was pig's blood porridge. A visiting Persian envoy was once given a taste of this food and stated, Now I understand Spartan courage in battle, for surely death is preferable to dining upon such slop. Bad as the food was, the boys got little of it. Instead, they were encouraged to steal. Stealing was no crime, but getting caught was. A boy who caught was whipped. 
To cry out was considered a sign of cowardice. It was not unheard for a Spartan boy to die of a beating without uttering a single sound. In my day, said the first century historian Plutarch, tourists traveled hundreds of miles to witness these scourgings and to behold the courage of the boys enduring them in silence. There was a foot race in Sparta each year among the boys. They ran 10 miles barefoot, carrying a mouthful of water. The boys were not allowed to swallow any of the water, but rather had to see who could spit out the most at the end of the race. Spartan boys were not permitted <laughs> dude, yeah. Spartan boys were not permitted to speak to their elders unless spoken to. When addressed by their seniors, they stood in their rough cloaks, hands respectfully inside the garment, with their eyes on the ground. Once a Spartan boy stole a fox and hid it under his cloak. Some grown warriors stopped to question him on an unrelated subject. Beneath the cloak, the fox began gnawing at the youth's belly. The boy made no sound, but it was allowed to but allowed the beast to bleed him to death rather than cry out or reveal his deed. Okay. So, a couple of things, man. I have to know how much of this is actually fact and how much of it is just an embellishment of the truth. It's hard to say, but it's hardcore nonetheless. That is hardcore. Uh, why do we why didn't any one of these boys grow up to be a famous warrior that we now hear of that's another sure, question sure, uh, Leonid, uh, King Leonidas he went through that yeah totally 100% there's no doubt whatsoever oh my god that's just cu cruel and now how much of this is fictional who's to know but but there but we do actually have writings of this like it's not like like there's people who wrote about these things right the validity of what people wrote about could be questioned, but there's no doubting that we have documents of people reporting this, mm. right? Where's the wisdom in that? I, 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 this is one of the harder ones for me to pick out the wisdom other than it's like, oh, damn, that's pretty hardcore. Maybe I should maybe increase some of the, the pain that I go through on my daily basis to, tr to train myself better. But I, mean, I don't know I what don't else know I can take away that, from it. I think that there's the idea, like the the just the idea of discipline principles and living by them. I think there's, there's, there's wisdom contained within that. Now, is it, is it discipline to... if you're forced to do it? I don't think that's discipline. I think that's enslavement. Uh, no, I mean, I think that there's, they have principles and the, and, and the boys lived by them. I think there's wisdom oh. in that. Yeah. No, there is. I, I, just, I just wouldn't call it discipline. Uh, no, I think it definitely takes discipline um, to have a wolf, or sorry, a fox, bite your stomach open to the point that you bleed to death, and no one actually knew you had a fox because you you died of bleeding to death because you wouldn't make a sound because it was seen as a is a thing of weakness. Now, do I support that? <laughs> no, no, like, dude, just you know. But it's it's the idea that there's principles, and it's just it. Here's what it actually reminds me of. Like the part where it said like at you know uh, where like where he's talking about remind remind yourself that like at some point right now yeah. the Persians are training to come and like take everything you have yeah. right yeah I don't think that's gone like the, you know like I I like we're still just as much in that in that that um, like consider how soft people are today and how hard they used to be in Sparta is Sparta. Do we need to be that hard? No. But certainly, if you compare that to modern-day society, it makes us look like pussies, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. I think Ray Dalio kind of... Like, 
running with water in your mouth for 10 yeah, yeah, that's Dude, pretty that's savage. aggressive yeah that's whoever thought of that is a sadist um but i think ray dalia talks about how one of the reasons china's going to overtake us is because they're just a bit more disciplined at some things mm-hmm. have you ever seen it's a fantastic documentary it's called american factory and they have american factory workers and chinese oh. factory workers Ooh, working i'm gonna the write same that factory. down dude it is unreal is it on netflix it's unreal yeah it is yeah it's called what it's the ethos right it's called american factory it's the idea of being a warrior right and yeah. I, there's so much of that that's lost in modern day society american factory it's I true like that. well to close this out i think we're gonna listen to the introduction of cat dog um let's do it why not because <laughs> I think y'all need to hear like <laughs> okay if I hum or nod my head in tune with this theme song I will tip my hat to you it's uh it's what you'd expect the introduction of cat dog to be and I don't want to get misconstrued here okay cat dog is not for you to go increase your IQ it's a <laughs> it is a here, cartoon you know on Nickelodeon funny? It'll be funny. I just want to make sure so people other songs. than me know this cartoon. <laughs> no. But you know what would be, you know be funny? We played so many songs on this podcast that could easily get us shut down for copyright. Watch this. <laughs> Playing this would end our podcasting career. Because there's some guy in Albert, Quebec who owns Cat Dog who gets a notification on his email that this podcast hey. is playing Steve Slime. Just play. Just play. Let's go. <laughs> there's 9 million views on this. One fine day with a wolf and a fur, a baby was born and it caused a little stir. No blue bullet, no three-eyed frog, just a feline canine, little cat dog. Cat dog, cat dog. It's actually slow. Dude. Out on the road or back in town, all kind of critters looking cat dog down. Gotta rise above and gotta try to get along. Gotta walk together, gotta sing this song. Cat dog, cat dog. Alone in the world is a little cat dog. Okay, that, that's that was pretty cool. Shout out to Peter Hannon, there, the creator. <laughs> Let's go. Where are my cat podcast? dog fans at? Let's hit hit it up. Um, yo, yo, shoot an email to Peter Hannon. Let's have him on. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try and find Peter Hannon's email. See if we can get him Dude, that'd be so sick. Because, like, Nickelodeon doesn't miss. And back in the day, getting a show on Nickelodeon, like, I want to know how he got it on there, sales pitch-wise. Born 1954. An American producer, animator, singer, songwriter, author, illustrator, artist, and entrepreneur. Whoa. Perfect. Uh, He's currently... Yo, he wrote Rugrats. Shut it oh, down. Wow. Yeah, this guy's big time. Oh, no, sorry. He didn't write it. He's the voice oh. of one of the kids on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. He's the creator of Cat Dog. Wait, can you actually email him? Straight I up? will try and find his email. Do you have a good strategy for finding people's... Nah. Like, I, like I could find the strategy, but... PeterHannon.com. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh... Yeah, that's another thing. Links contact. Oh, yeah, I got it. Peter Hannon <sighs> at Shaw.ca. There we oh, go. Oh, my God. It's happening. Yo, by the way, John, can we get Tristan on the next podcast? Next Sunday? No, there's um, uh, 
there's a weekend of um, August 22nd, I think, is a Sunday. And? Uh, that's going to be when I, we're going to have him on the podcast. Oh, okay, cool. So you already have it planned out. Yeah, because him and I are both going to be um, together for the weekend. And, awesome. And uh, it's just a natural, like, we're already awesome. in the same room. That's awesome. Might as well be on the podcast. Don't forget your mic. I'll bring my mic, yeah. Bring the mic. Cool. Any other cl- uh, closing thoughts there? I'm currently drafting up an email to Mr. Hannon, so. Dude, straight so, up. Yeah, yo, am I just saying, like, uh, we're huge fans of CatDog, and we have a podcast, and we'd love you to come on and maybe walk us through why, how and why you started it? No, no, wait, no, 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 you're what? a no. big fan. No, no, we yeah. are huge fans of Cat Dog, and we would love to have Guys, you on the we're podcast. Not interviewing Cat Dog. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. You just heard his resume. This guy's dope. No. Let's see, let's see if he says yes, and then we'll go from there. If he answers the email, I'm gonna be happy. That's the thing, right? Austin, you would interview him on a solo episode. Why are you now making this a me thing? You're the one that said <laughs> email him. The nerve you okay, have, Okay, dude. okay, okay. Here's where we, we cut it off. Okay, see you guys later. Go watch, the, go watch the entirety of Cat Dog. Come back to me next week. No, go read a book. Don't yeah, listen, don't, yeah, right, yeah. Take care, everybody. Okay, see ya. <laughs> Hey listeners, thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the Weekly Call Pod or through email at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material and just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.